everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Hope I Get It, the podcast where we share stories from the audition room. Last week, my guest was the incredibly insightful Stephen Stratford. And like I mentioned last week, Stephen and I spoke for two hours and the conversation we were having was too important to edit and leave things out. So I split his interview over two episodes. If you have not yet listened to part one, I recommend that you do that first before listening to this week's episode. This week is the second part of my conversation with Stephen. And I hope, you know, once again, I hope that this conversation will inspire and and entertain you. Please enjoy. Well, one of the great things to come out of us being away from each other and um, everyone in their own little corner is we have been forced to to make new art. You know, we've been forced to um, to to think outside the box, to be creative. And that's so great because now when we do come back together, there are all these new stories and we all have these things that we've gone through during this time when we've all been stuck in our, you know, in our homes. Um, there are new stories to tell and that is that is great. And that makes me really excited for for what's to come because um, suddenly someone who maybe was too scared to write a play um, has gone, do you know what? I've got the time and I wrote it and here it is, you know. So um, so we'll, we'll get new stories and we'll get new voices and that is always, always welcome. Yeah, it's um, one of the big things that I'm, um, you know, always pushing um, is any theaters where I've worked as an actor, I'm always sort of not even uh, not necessarily the plays I write, I'm pushing, but I'm pushing them to do more new work because, um, you know, listen, I love a Jane Austen story. Love it. Just love. What a delight. But, you know, and I love Peter Pan and I love, um, you know, all of the sort of tried and true um, theater yeah. pieces. But like, I'd really love to see some contemporary voices, you know, voicing the, the worlds we live in. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's funny. One of the things about transitioning to playwriting for me is that I, um, I would be in auditions. Uh, here's another audition story. This is actually like, a, I, I've got one. Um, so... For years and years and years and years, I mean, like, this is like running many years, the artistic director um, of a theater told me that I was his Seymour, right? Like, he was going to do Little Shop, and I was going to play Seymour, and so, you know, but years go by and they haven't done it, and then, lo and behold, they're doing Little Shop of Horrors, I get an audition from casting, you're auditioning for Seymour. So the audition's in New York. Um, I'm in Chicago. I um, I fly in three days early. So, cause I don't want to be, you know, I don't want trouble. So like I, I get, and I get my own room. Prepared. Yes, I get my, like a cheap room in Spanish Harlem in like a hotel, but it's really just like an apartment building that they call a hotel. And, um, but I've got my own space and I know it's on the top floor so I won't have noise above me. And I, I mean, I've planned it out. And I go to see Once on This Island. Um, I did a show with Leia Salonga years ago. So I got to go see her and like hug her. And it was like so great. And I ran into other friends I had worked with who were seeing the show that night. I saw friends. I like had the best three days. Like I show up to this audition. Like I am feeling great. At the time, my husband and I were in a national commercial together. So like I get in the room and everyone's like, oh my God, I'm seeing you on TV all the time. Like, you know, all that stuff. Like everyone's hugging. It's like, great. Yeah. So I am ready to go. Yeah. I am ready to do this audition. And the director, who is the artistic director of this theater, um, looks down at his list and goes, so you're here for, huh, Seymour. So in that moment, all of it evaporates, right? Like it's just because right. he doesn't even expect me to be doing the thing. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm here for. And he's like, huh. So th this is a terrible phrase, and I apologize to listeners who don't like it, but I proceed then to rock the dead baby. 
Um, if you've ever heard that expression. Um, but like, it's like, just like that audition is dead and I am just caring for it. And I just, you know, I do the audition, it goes well, but I'm not getting this part. Like I know I'm not getting it, right? And, um, yeah. and I finished and on my way out the door, the director, I swear to God, thinking, I think he thought he was being nice. He said, did you fly to New York just for this audition? And I said, yes, because for the last 10 years, you've told me I'm your Seymour. And he went, oh, and I went, all right, have a good day. Good luck. <laughs> and just like, and left. And it was fine. You know what I mean? Because I, I loved those three days. Like I had the best vacation. Like it was like a great trip. And that same theater cast me in a show the year a year later. Like it's not like, you know, I never saw them again or anything. It was like, it's fine. But, <laughs> but I went right after that. I went and had lunch um, under the Plaza Hotel in New York. There's like a food court. So like I meet my friend Sarah, who's like my best friend from college. And we're sitting there and we're having lunch. And I tell her this story. And she, she says to me, Stephen, and she's, she's a former actor. She's now a librarian and a teacher. And she was like, Stephen, and don't, she's like, don't get offended. And I was like, what? She goes, do you ever think that maybe you're, I don't know, too smart to be an actor? <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, no, 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 don't get me wrong. You know, obviously I was an actor. Like there's plenty of smart actors. She's like, it's just, aren't you always going to have to deal with these same people? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she, she, she's like, and don't you feel like you're smarter than them? <laughs> and so it was like this very, you know, like intellectually snobby conversation. And, um, but it started me on this like self-reflective journey on like, what is it about acting that I love? And I love rehearsal. I love rehearsal more than anything. I cry when an actor gets it for the first time. You know, like when you watch someone get it, like that moment. I know exactly what you mean. It, and... it, I always cry. And like people, like I cry to the point that people are like, are you okay? Did something happen? And I'm like, I just love theater. Um, because I really love it. Um, I'm still such a fan. Yeah. Right. And, um, yeah. uh, and I, I love that. And um, I love the interconnectedness of it. I love the like, you know, like what, what are those like signs in uh, choir teachers rooms? Like a choir is only as strong as its weakest member, you know, things like that. Like, I like that, like that stuff that like, you really have to pull everyone along. And I like that process of helping and being helped and all of that. It's, it's, um, there's community building in a way that I just really adore. But yeah. the thing I don't love is a lack of agency. And there are jobs, most jobs I'm lucky now. Like people know me, they're hiring me because they know me. They know I'm gonna come, on, come in with too many ideas. And like, I'm gonna have like all these bits that like I wanna do and, and they'll, they, you yeah. know, and like they let me try it and sometimes they let me keep them. But like, they know who they're getting. But I run into yeah. some jobs where they don't, you know, it's seen as threatening. It's seen as um, not knowing my place, you know, um, yeah. all of that stuff. And so I started, you know, I had written this um, solo show that I performed and I had written another play that got produced a bunch of places. And I realized yeah. that like, what I was doing in the room when I was coming up with those bits was I was writing. <laughs> like I was, yeah. I was actually being like, oh, I know how this should go and I want to add to this moment, right? So like, so I've sort of pivoted over to, yeah. to writing more and, um, which is, it's different. It's a different brand of heartbreak than acting. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, it's, a, it's, um, but it's, it allows me agency. And so because I'm doing this other thing, 
when I am acting, which like I did like a little film thing during the pandemic and I've done, you know, some things at school. Um, yeah. I can really just enjoy it. Yeah. Because it's yeah. almost a relief to mm-hmm. only act. <laughs> you know, like just, yeah. no, certainly not. Um, this is my like go-to bad audition story, <laughs> this one. Years ago now, um, I went into Bernie Telsey casting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rachel Hoffman at Bernie Telsey casting, God bless her, would bring me in there. Um, and they, it was a regional production of The Producers. Okay. And um, I was being brought in to um, play Carmen Gia, which, as you know, is a one-joke stereotype. But Papa needed a job. Mm -hmm. So I was in the door and like, I like walk in. I was the first audition of the day. I probably said something like, ooh, it's like walking in new snow, you know, like some ludicrous joke. (laughs) And when I walked in the room, I usually tell this story visually. So I'm going to make sure that I'm telling it, like (laughs) explaining. (laughs) So, So when I walk in the room, the director is like looking down at the table and then looking at me and then going, and then looking down and then looking at me and going, ah. and then looking down, looking like over and over. And I was like, okay, this is not how it normally goes. I was like, fine, you know, whatever. So I put my book down at the accompanist. I was like, should I sing for my book? And the director goes, I guess. And I was like, okay. So meanwhile, I'm thinking like, no lie. I'm thinking like, did I sleep with this guy and not call? Like, what is the deal? And like, I just like couldn't figure it out. So I sing my little dog and pony song, which was probably the marriage proposal from Falsettos, um, and uh, finished that. And um, I was like, so do we do the side? And like the director is not speaking anymore. The director is now looking away, like looking towards the like other wall from where, you know, like away from me. I'm with you now. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's happening. So. Rachel, God bless her, was like, yep, go ahead and do, you know, do the side. So I do the side. And the side has one joke in it. Listen, Mel Brooks is a genius. He is a genius and he has written many funny things. But that role is just, just <laughs> it has seen its time. It needs to be laid to rest. Anyway, the one joke Carmen Gia has is he says, yes. And then the sibilant S goes on forever. Ha ha ha, gay people lisp. Yes, I know. I wasn't allowed to sing Suddenly Seymour for my audition. Like, I know. I know the joke. So, I do the scene. The guy who's reading with me asks me the question. And I say, yes. And then he cuts me off. Because he hadn't read the side. Like, he didn't know. So, like, now the one joke I have to do has been ruined. So I stop. I was like, oh, let's just hold. So I, and I went over to the reader. I was like, hey, just so you know, for the rest of the day, you need to let the person finish the yes. Like, that's the joke. The joke is like, so that's all they're going to be doing. Yeah. And he was super nice. He was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's fine. And um, I was like, so can I start again? And the director was like, that's all right. I don't think you need to do that. And I was like, oh, Okay. And I had a second side. I was like, I'm not going to ask about that one. I just like got my book and I started to, yeah, exactly. I started to leave. And this guy says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You probably want to know what's going on. And I was like, yeah, thank you. (laughs) And he said, so what's going on here? And then he stops. He goes, I'm sorry. How tall are you? I said, I'm like five, nine, five, 10. He goes, just leave. And I went. <laughs> and I went, have a nice day. <laughs> like left the room laughing. Because it was such a bizarre experience. So, yeah, and I never found out. I just assumed they were looking for shorter people than me. Like that's yeah. like my that they like had a very distinctive type they wanted and it right. wasn't me. I I don't know what to say about his 
you know, like, you know, I'm going to tell you why I, I've been the way I've been. And then like a light switch. And he's, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. That is yeah. crazy. It was bonkers. And um, there was also a string of four auditions, uh, all callbacks um, in the fall of 2013. Where, um, sorry, the fall of 2012. Mm -hmm. um, like, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> what <is> time? <laughs> 2012. But where I um, was hugged by the director, okay. all different directors, all, all gay men, all hugging me for a long time. And I didn't get any of those jobs. So are you like a bad hugger or like what, what was happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, I wanted to get a t-shirt made that said jobs, not hugs. <laughs> but do you know, I've also had an audition. I auditioned to play Bud Frump in a production of, um, obviously, uh, How to Succeed. And the director got so close to me, so close to me, like... Like if you imagine like when like a Muppet, like if your hand is a Muppet's face, like pressing your hand against your face, like that's how close he was to me. And he was, as I was singing Coffee Break, he was saying, more face, less, less face, freeze your face, funnier face. And I kept doing what he said, but it like kept <laughs> happening. And as I left the room after my hug, cause he was one of the four huggers, he said, oh, that face. And then I didn't get the part. <laughs> like, it's like all fine and well if you're gonna pay me eventually. <laughs> but like, what in the world? The thing about me is that I'm, you know, I talked about this a lot, is like, I'm fairly vulnerable in the room. <laughs> and I am, I have a vulnerable energy. Like my ex used to say like, everybody wants to make you soup. Like, it's like, like, it's just like the sort of person that people like want to take care of, you know? Yeah. So I get it. Like, but like, it was definitely like a couple of those hugs lingered longer than I was like comfortable with. Cause this is like eight years ago. So I was still, you know, pretty happening, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was like just a real, it was super weird. I have a lot of stories like that in the room, like a lot of sort of, um, uh -huh weird behaviors where I'm like, is this what happens to everybody's auditions or is it just me? Well, I'm gonna tell you, I have never been hugged in the room. <laughs> oh, I get hugged. I've been hugged since. I've been hugged in Chicago as well by two different directors. And like, I never understand it. And I, and only one time out of the six times I was, maybe seven or eight times I was hugged in an audition, and these aren't people I know. They're not friends. Yeah, um, yeah. These are heretofore strangers, you know, like just <laughs> finding, I, I guess we've gone through something and they really want to punctuate it with a hug. Um, yeah, only one time I got the job. That is bizarre beyond. Yeah. For, uh, for, for, my, for my brain to process all of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm like forgetting any. Um, uh, I had an audition. <laughs> I had an audition not so long ago. Um, they were doing a um, a production, like a Jane Austen adaptation <laughs> musical. Mm -hmm. And um, I had two sides. And I swear, if you read them, you'd be like, these are identical. <laughs> like, these are <laughs> the same theme. And so, you know, when you get those sides and you're like, oh, what do they want to see, right? Like, what do they want to yeah. see in this? Because you're supposed to differentiate them, right? Yeah. I was like, I just couldn't figure it out. And I had worked on it and I was right for this. Like, it's like, I am the, I am primed for Jane Austen stuff. I am like pasty, nervous, like I'm, <laughs> and I am, um, so I go in and the audition's going well. And then I get to that second side and I say, so I'm just trying to figure out like what is different about the second side from the first side. Mm -hmm. And the director kind of stared at me blankly. And I said, well, I'm just, I'm confused, I guess. Like, why, what, what do you want to see in this second side that I didn't yeah. just show you, you know, in the first yeah. side? 
And she looked at me and she looked at me sort of like, you know, when someone looks at like right above your eyes, yeah, like staring, like just above your eyes. So like, you can't break the stare, but they're also not looking at you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So this went on for, um, I'm going to say between 30 and 45 seconds. And if we think about how long that is in a yeah, silence that's, that's in an audition room, that's a very long time. In audition time. <laughs> it is long enough that several people in the room shifted their body weight several times. <laughs> like, I could, like, feel <laughs> moving yeah. around. And um, after this long silence, the director said, sometimes characters don't change. And I said, that's true. I guess I'm just a character actor in search of an arc. And it got a little laugh, but like she did not laugh. The director did not think it was funny. And um, I, um, that was one of the times where I said, do you want me to just go? <laughs> and, she, and she was like, um, well, and I was like, it's okay. I, have a good day. <laughs> like, it's like, this isn't gonna work out. Um, yeah. I think those are like the main terrible auditions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've definitely had. Um, <laughs> um, I was up for the first national of um, Young Frankenstein, speaking mm-hmm. of Oprah. And yeah. the audition was going, I mean, I was getting this part. I was yeah. getting it. Like there yeah. was just like no question. Mm-hmm. Everything I did was like, easy the whole day was great and yeah. then they were like hey can you stay for a movement call i had not heard about there being one they were like we weren't going to do one but like oh we think we should for like even for you know the character tracks we're gonna do a movement call. yeah sure my idea of a movement call <laughs> is a bunch of character actors who often do plays Having to sort of march in time to music to show that they can, like, figure it out. Yeah. This audition was a dance audition. <laughs> For, like, chorus line. <laughs> yes. yes. I am I am able, like, listen, at a dance audition, if you think about dance auditions as, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right? Or it's like one and two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight. I'm still fine with the ands. When you add a one and a two and a three, I'm done. When there's movement on the uh, I am going to have trouble. (laughs) It is my breaking point. I can do it in the show, but like in an audition, it just is not going to happen. And um, this had a lot of uh. This audition was chock full of uh, and I was determined to do it, right? Like I was like figuring it out and I was like trying really hard. And then Mary Sugarman, same casting director, came up to me and she touched me so gently on the shoulder. And she said, (laughs) is this going to improve today? And I was like, probably not. And she was like, okay, okay, great. Okay, okay. And it was like, I just was was like letting go of the job, like just literally just like it had been in my arms and I was like, just like the balloon was just flying away into the sun. Um, Yeah, those are are some of them. Yeah. Uh, You you know, you speak about your worst auditions. What is the best, and I don't care if you got the job or not, what was the best experience that you Mm. had? In that room, you know, when you just feel like everything, all the stars are aligned, everything is great, and you actually leave out, you know, you leave and you go, even if I don't get this, what I gave in there, I could not have given more. Yeah. Um, my first like big job in Chicago was Wonderful Town at the Goodman. I was directed by Mary Zimmerman, who's like you know a big deal, and um. I had been going in uh, for this one role, like the super nerdy suitor guy and like right in my wheelhouse. Like I was playing it super weird, like deeply uncomfortable person. Um, And my husband, Wade, 
was going in for the understudy track for that same role. So we were like both doing the material and like having fun, blah, blah, blah. Well, the night before the final callbacks, um, I got a call from casting like at like 9 p.m. Hey, this is super weird. We know we're calling late. Can you also prepare the role of Chick Clark? Now, Chick Clark in Wonderful Town is this like kind of sleazy reporter guy who's also interested in Eileen. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. So I'm fighting the urge to think, oh, you're not getting anything. Because usually when you get that sort of last minute, also try this. It's that like, we think you're talented, but we don't know where to put you, right? And yeah. Wade, by this point, had been bumped up to like auditioning for the role. So there was like a lot of emotions in the house. Like we're negotiating each other. Like we're like figuring it out. Yeah. But I am. Um, so the scene I was doing was super physical. It's like a, it's like him being like a, a lech, you know, like really right. invading Eileen's space, but it can't be dangerous. So dangerous that it is not funny and it can't be so funny that there's no danger, right? Like it's a tricky, it's a tricky scene. Yeah, you and, on a tightrope with that type of thing. Yes, and it's with a reader. So like, how do you do that? So yeah. lucky, lucky Steven in this situation, the reader for these auditions was a good friend of mine. So I call her and I say, what have people been doing? And she's like, well, it's been rough. You know, like it's been rough on me. Like she's like, it's been a lot of people taking advantage. And, and I've been a I've been a reader for so many auditions, like from Broadway down to like tiny things. And um, so I knew I knew how that goes. And we talked about. I was like, do you think? And I walked her through my sort of three step process that I thought we would do, which was, yeah, I would like yeah. first do like a hand on arm, and then I would like stand behind her chair, like kind of come around the table, you know, and like stand behind her chair and then join her on her, yeah. on her reader chair. And that felt like three yeah. steps that would work. And she was like, yeah. And then she said, just make sure you ask permission in front of everyone. Because like, they need to know that you're not just taking advantage, you know, like that you're, that you're, and a, which of course I would have done Naturally, but I might have forgotten to because I know Christina, you know, the yeah, reader. Yeah. So, um, that audition, I nailed both those roles in ways that, like, um, the choreographer, who I would end up working with several times, he got yeah. up from the table laughing so hard that he, like, was laughing. He stood up. He turned around, he pressed his hands against the wall laughing. And I was like, I'm really funny. <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like, I'm a funny guy. Um, that was one of them. Um, and then, and then the, you know, the story is that Wade and I both got the parts. Wade got the part that I was originally up for and I got the part that I was moved to. Um, so we got to play rival suitors uh, to the same yeah. woman, which was super fun. Um, the other one was the first time I auditioned to play Lord Farquaad um, in Shrek. Yeah. Um, I, uh, at the end of the audition, which went great, like, because it's a part I can do. I could do it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's built for me. Um, mm -hmm. But at the end of the audition, the director, I think regarding maybe the fact that I was probably a little older than some of the other people auditioning um, mm -hmm. by a few years, but, like, he asked, God bless him, he asked, so um, how are you on your knees? And I, <laughs> I smiled and I like looked up to the air and I said, so many possible joke responses. I'm gonna go with, I've had no complaints. And then I left the audition and I like knew I was booking it. Like, yeah. there was just no way you don't book the person who, like, does the job and then, like, leaves the room like that. Like, I knew it. Um, and yeah. But I also, like, it's that thing, right? Like, I don't think making that joke got me the job. But, like, 
knowing that I was going to get the job allowed me to make the joke. You know, it just it allowed you to just show them just a little snippet of you. <laughs> yes, and like that, like also like you get all this, like that yeah. sort of quick brain. You're gonna get that too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Those are those are some of them. Also, when I auditioned for Irma Vep, I did Mystery of Irma Vep a long time ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, and that audition, I was called in for. It's a two two men playing men and women. Um very gay show and um I was called in for one character and knew that that was wrong and so I just prepared another one and I got the other part because you just because you know who you are as an actor you know yes I knew I knew 100% who these char other characters were yeah and um yeah and that audition like where I like walked in the door and they were like so you're here to for, to do that Enid and I was like nope and they were like but you're listed I was like yeah I know and um and I hope you give me the latitude but I prepared the other role yeah I just knew I just knew it was going to work out yeah I think that that is um knowing knowing who you are as an actor and knowing what what you knowing your abilities and knowing what you can do and what you can't do and I mean why would you waste your time and their time by showing them something that is, you know, is not going to, when there is something else for you, you know, right. in the same show. So yeah, like sometimes it's like, listen, I get brought in to play uh, Tata. Is, am I saying that right? Tata in um, Ragtime. Um, yeah. That's right. Um, I get brought in a lot for that. Um, and that is a show where I'm always like, I am not going to get this. Mm-hmm. There is no real role for me in this show. I can sing it, but there's no role for me. So I'm always preparing those sides, being like, happy to be in your maybe pile. Because yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there's nothing else for me to push to. Yeah. But yeah, like when I know, I know. Yeah. Um, Stephen, you're, you're a writer. Um, as well as an actor and I know that your plays have been produced and performed and I wanted to ask have you been part of any of those casting processes? Yeah oh this is fun um, uh, I got to be involved in um, so I wrote um, this play Small Jokes About Monsters and it was produced in Houston and um, out in uh, Sioux City, Iowa, and both times I was not involved in casting. But when it was done in Chicago, mm -hmm. um, I helped, the person who played the youngest brother um, ended up being an actor I had worked with um, because I kind of got him into a table read of it um, because I knew he was perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just knew he was perfect. Um, but then we had auditions um, for the the character of the mom, and um, mm -hmm. we made a very um, sp specific choice from the beginning um, to, although this was a natural-born nuclear family, that we would cast. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there was one white actor, one Latinx actor, um, one uh, mixed-race uh, actor, um, and. Uh, then we were casting the mom. So we could cast anyone we wanted. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we were very specifically doing this thing, which is saying to an audience, like, hey, you know this is pretend, so why not just get the best actors and tell a story? Um, so it was down to yeah. two, two, it was down to two actors. And um, mm -hmm. one of the actors looked just like my mom. I mean could have been mistaken for my mom. Oh, wow. And then the other actor was um, a black woman um, uh, and does not look like my mom. My mom is a white Irish lady. And um, this woman, Shariba Rivers is her name. She is top five favorite actors in the world. I just think the world of her. Um, but she just got it. And it was such a funny moment because I was the reader, but we hadn't we hadn't made a big deal about me being because there were other people we saw that day too, um, 
there was like probably like eight people total mm -hmm. and some of them were good they were fine but it was down to these two and um i was the reader and she ended up going on and on about how much she loved the way this character was written and right. it's this whole thing and i was like you know beaming from my seat you know and um Christina, the director, um, who was also the reader. She was the reader from that other story. She directed the show. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but she um, she sort of outed me as the playwright. And Shariba's reaction was just so charming and funny. And, like, she was embarrassed, but also, like, happy. Because she was like, oh, how perfect. I, like, complimented the play for the playwright. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I've been... Being like on the other side of auditions, I, I said, I've been a reader for so many auditions. I see, I love watching actors act. I like, yeah. love it. And yeah. when when they're doing my words, um, I, uh, huh. it is easy to read my plays, I think, and to mm -hmm. do the funny line serious and the serious lines funny. Because the people I write are people who um, get really upset by little things and don't care about the major catastrophes the in their things. lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it can be difficult. And that was the thing about this audition from this actor, Shariba. She understood every time that, like, saying I love you could be a weapon and yeah. you know saying you got fat is just an observation about like life not yeah. a, not yeah. you're not like throughout curling an insult you're like literally noticing that oh you got you gained some weight and like yeah. it was that she, she just intrinsically knew it that was fun mm -hmm. to watch um how's the the experience for you you know you've you've been the actor in the room You've been the writer in the room. Um, what is the what advice would you give to anyone coming into the room? You know, now that you've seen both sides of the of the table. Yeah, I think your only job is not to actively put yourself in a no pile. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, the number one golden rule of my whole life is don't be a jerk. <laughs> Just don't be a jerk, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, don't... But also don't let people be jerks to you. Um, yeah. But, like... Yeah, it's about, like... Um, hmm. I think the things I've seen are, like... Um, There's a difference between when you see someone have a conversation and want to um, figure it out and when you're performing that conversation. Yeah. And I think... Um, for my money, I would rather an authentic human being. I don't always think that's true. I've been a reader for plenty of auditions where I've worked with directors who seem to only want to work with sociopaths. Like, that is like what they're after. So like, you, so I guess like the advice is like, you said it so well, I think you gave the advice already, which is like, there is no job that will make you happy. It doesn't exist. A credit, you know, Broadway, uh, any of it, it won't make you happy. You can know how to manage money to maybe like do things that can make you happy with that. Like there's certainly comfort that you can get. But like I have done jobs that paid me like a bag of nickels, <laughs> like nothing, um, no money. Um, and um, that job was the best. And I've done jobs where I've made so much money and I have worked with abusive, 
horrible people on those jobs. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just can't know. And so I know I'm in trouble when I start imagining the life I'll have mm -hmm. with a job, mm -hmm. not the work that I might have to do. Yeah. It's it, when you start to think about like, this is like, when we think about jobs, like winning the lottery, mm -hmm. this will change my life. You're already losing sight of the task at hand mm -hmm. because ultimately it's about work, you know? So it's like, yeah. And if you're, you, if you're taking your mind off of the, the, like, I want to do this because it's going to give me this other thing. That's going to put pressure on it in a weird way. I don't know it. And I do yeah, it still. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's um but if you keep thinking about like, oh, rehearsals for this play, I I I know how I I can see myself working through the process of doing this show. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's where you're in yeah. a, in a, in a good mindset. I've had yeah. a couple of like Broadway auditions where I really botched it because of that sort of thing. Like just got into the mindset of like, and then, you know, this will happen and this will happen and people will say yeah. this and, and it's, it's too much. It's, it's all, it's too much for the day to yeah. bear. And I've had other auditions. It's also not fair to put all that expectation on yourself. It's like, I'm going to be an actor because I want to be famous. Do you know? Right. You shouldn't be an actor. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not why we're here. <laughs> why? Yeah, and it's just like such a series of unexpected events that would put you there. Um, yeah. I am, um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, my biggest advice, certainly for like um, anyone um, who has things about them that makes them feel out of the mainstream, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, for me, it is, um, uh, my voice, um, and my, um, my, my face, which is like my money maker and also like gets me out of a lot of work too. My face moves independent of me. <laughs> like it is like just constantly <laughs> in a, like a, a state of motion. Like there's just no hiding how I feel about everything. But, um, mm -hmm. I, I would say that like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell it with an anecdote. So I was doing Spamalot um, the second time. I did it out in, at Sacramento Music Circus and Gary Beach played the king. And he pulled me aside and we were outside. It was like Sacramento early summer and uh, really nice out. Like the sunlight was streaming in and everybody yeah. looked just so beautiful. Like people looked yeah. so beautiful. And... Um, I was sitting, he pulled me aside and he said, hey, I want you to know that I see you. And I was like, oh, sure. And he's like, well, no, I see what you're doing in rehearsals and you're probably not gonna work as much as all of them. And he was referring to all these sort of beautiful dancers who were in the show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> thanks. And he was like, he goes, but, He's like, when it's right, it's going to be so amazing for you. And I think that's true for any of the weird ones. Yeah. Like, I just think it's true. Like, it's like you fall. I hear no a lot. Um, and I hear no a lot before, you know, my, I think my agent hears no a lot <laughs> before I get even to the audition. Um, but, um, when it lines up, it lines up. Like I had an audition yeah. years ago um, where uh, the audition came in and it was a play um, called End Days. And the role was playing Jesus and Stephen Hawking. And um, I told my friend, Christina, same Christina, she's now appeared in three stories. Uh -huh. um, she is, <laughs> she's the unofficial star of this <laughs> podcast. Um, I get around now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I texted Christina and I said, I have this audition to play 
Jesus and Stephen Hawking. And it felt like even before I finished hitting send, she wrote me back and said, everyone else should just go home. <laughs> because it's like, when it's right, it is right. It's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah. and you know, I, and we're all on different versions of that path. Like, you know, I tell petite sopranos mm -hmm. um, with clarion high C's, you know, get out there early. Get out there because there's gonna be a big gap for you, right? Like you're gonna like work everywhere or at least be up for things everywhere all the time for the first 10 years. And then there's like this weird time where like there's nothing for you to do. And then like when you're in like your late thirties or like forties and all of a sudden there's like different work, you know, yeah. um, or learn to, you know, change up the things you do. But anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think my biggest advice always, like when I'm audition coaching, is like, find some joy in it. Yeah, yeah. Find, um, and, and know that like, um, everything is either success or a story. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that so much. Every, yes. Like, it, it's, you haven't failed at anything. There's there's a story, there's a lesson, and and then there's then you got, the other thing is you got the job. Do you know? Oh my god, I love that so much. We should put that on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> I I love that. Yes, it's either it's a success or there's a story. Um, yeah. But you haven't failed at anything. You haven't failed yourself. You haven't failed your profession. You haven't failed your training. You haven't you know. And I mean, for me, it took me a, it took me a while to figure. You know, yeah. I always sound like I have this career that's just, you know, the length of Elaine Stritch, but I don't. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it took me a while to, 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 to kind of make peace with the fact that if I don't book that job, it's not a failure. Um, I can learn something from that or something else happened when I could have been doing that job, something else happened that taught me something for the next job, you know? So there's always, yeah. there's always a story. There's always a lesson. I'm big on that. So yes, I love that. I am. Um, so when I first got sober, um, I was doing uh, spam a lot. And um, uh, my stage manager at the time was um, like a mentor to me in a lot of ways. And he was sort of, he, he could tell that I was having some trouble adjusting to um, mm -hmm. being sober, right? And so um, yeah. I promise this has something to do with what we're talking about. And um, uh, I was talking about how I was like, you know, I just, I worry about leaving a party. Like, I, I like don't know how to leave it. And like, like what if I'm missing out, you know, like on, on these things? And he goes, Stephen, you can't miss out on anything. There's, there's no such thing as missing out on anything. He's like, you're just doing something else. Yeah. And it changed my brain. It took a while, right? Like for the grooves in my yeah. brain, the synapses to start like firing in that way. Mm -hmm. But like, listen, I'm still disappointed. Like during this pandemic, I've been auditioning yeah. for TV shows and being on hold for them and then not getting them. And, um, you know, and that's a bummer because like, because yeah. I like getting asked to the dance, even if I don't want to dance, <laughs> like want to be asked. Um, Same. Yes. But I, it's a very quick turnover now. It's a very yeah. sort of like, you know, most, most jobs, if, if you have, if you're building a life, right? So if we're talking about the holistic thing, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... I have a life and that includes my husband, my home, my community, my family, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. and now I can add on to that, like sort of like writing and other things that I'm doing professionally, mm -hmm. um, teaching, coaching. If I am to book a big job, there will be things I have to give up. 
always. So yeah. like, again, this is about like releasing that pressure on the day, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's okay if I don't get this. Like, it's a win-win if you're building up your life enough, right? And I think yeah. that's the thing we don't teach, right? Like, it's like we're, we build, it's like guys who just lift um, weights for biceps, but like their yeah. underarm is like hanging loose and like floppy. It's like, it's, we, we have these atrophied muscles so often. We're taught to like only focus on theater, only focus on the job, only focus on getting yeah. the next thing. Yeah. Whereas like the more I build up the rest of my life, the more I'm able to go into auditions saying like, well, if I get this, cool. But if I don't, that is also cool. Yeah, because I have this other thing. Yeah, I have these, I, I have like, I would have to be giving up a lot to do this job. Mm -hmm. And I think that only helps you in the room. Yeah. You know, I, I am, what's that lyric in the rose, right? An endless aching need. Yes. <laughs> like, no one wants to be the rose. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And you feel that, you yeah. know, from some people. And, um, and I've been that in the room. Mm -hmm. um and now I I and that was the biggest thing too about like doing my own stuff right like when I did Methtacular which is my solo show Methtacular everyone mm -hmm. um uh when I first did that show it really radically changed me in audition rooms because I just started to be like oh, I can do my own stuff too yes Yes. I can do, I can, and, and frankly, uh, I'm, I write better for myself than other people write for me, mm -hmm. you know, um, so. You don't need permission. You don't need permission. And so you're not always asking, you know, uh, the, the metaphor I've used is like, if acting is like constantly knocking on people's doors, mm -hmm. asking to be um, invited in for dinner, mm -hmm. then like making your own work is like, you know meal prep <laughs> it's like I can I can like have food laid out and I know I'm okay yeah so if I get invited out for dinner cool 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 yeah. wouldn't that be nice and fun because I like when other people cook yeah but I'm driving this metaphor into the ground <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean like yeah. it's um yeah it's uh because acting is fun and it's wonderful and it can also be abusive and mm -hmm. tricky and you've got to build up your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to be nurturing all the areas of your life. And I think it only ever helps. Yeah, that is something that I, um, that I learned or have, you know, learned to start to do during this whole pandemic because before then everything was career orientated everything that i did every move that i made every you know everything that i did was career orientated and then i'm suddenly in a place where i i I was like, oh my God, I don't have hobbies. <laughs> I, 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 like what? You know, and suddenly it's like, I don't, I don't have like a social life because everything is career driven. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always like, oh, I can't do that because I have to work. I can't, you know, and then suddenly the work stops and it's like, oh my God, what have I got? Me and this couch and, <laughs> and these four walls. And um, it forced me to just take a step back. Okay, what are my other strengths? What are my other, what are the other things that I can do that I could, that um, that keep me or that make me feel as fulfilled as my work does? So mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, been, um, it's been a reckoning for me to, to, to start to build that other thing so that yeah. I am not solely dependent on this work for to fuel me in all aspects of my life yeah because that's that's ultimately a sugar high that can't last right you know that sort of like performance thing yeah it's um 
Yeah, that's great to hear. I'm like really happy for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's nice. It's um, yeah, it's tricky, right? It's tricky. Yeah. I'm very driven. I'm like um, I'm a Capricorn. So am I. Yeah. And, I'm yes. just like, I'm like that, I am that mountain goat. I will climb yep. and climb. And when I get to the top, they'll put another mountain on top of that. I'll just keep climbing. You know, I just, I won't yep. stop. Exactly. Um, and I'm the same way. And um, I am, um, luckily, I am, the, the pandemic, something that happened for me was I have connected a lot more with family and with um, friendships mm -hmm. that had sort of lagged. Um, it was very telling yeah. to me that like yeah. a lot of my showbiz friends, I don't keep as much in touch with. But like my old college friends, like mm -hmm. family, um, that's who I've really deepened relationships with. <clears throat> but. That's really great. It's, yeah, you've got to, um, I, I think I've hit the point, and this is kind of crazy for me to say, like, if I never did another show again, mm -hmm. I'd be okay. That's big. I think, I think I'd be sad. Yeah. But, but like, but like, but would you're, I? But you're, I at a, you're, at a, you're at a piece, and that is, um, that's so wonderful. <laughs> To, to, to have that, um, you know, I just, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it means that, like, when it's time to put these auditions together, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, the double edge of it, of course, is, like, sometimes that can be a little cavalier <laughs> with, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with the work I'm doing. Um, but the other part is that, like, when I have the time and I have the energy, I'm putting out some really good auditions. Like, yeah. They're really good, yeah. and I, um, I'm not getting myself worked up where it's like taking everything out of me. It just feels like a part of my day. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's like right sizing the thing, right? Like that, like yeah. getting my dishes done is as important as going to the audition. Going yeah. to the audition, like it's like all of these things are about having a good life. Yes. Yeah. I love all of that. I, I just, I'm always, you know, this podcast has taught me so much. Um, and I feel that when I go back into the room, I just feel like I have all these new tools and I just feel so equipped. Um, and it's because I get to speak to people like you and I'm so grateful and appreciative um, is that the right word? Appreciative? Yeah. Of, um, um, of, you know, artists like you who take the time to share. I, you know, I'm such a thing, a big fan of like the generosity of spirit, you know, when you get give, when you're taught teach. And so I just, um, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to, to talk to me. I honest to God, I could talk to you for absolute hours because I just want to pick your brain about everything. Um, <laughs> before I let you go, um, I have, three questions that I ask the guests and they're like, the, this is like the fun round. Uh -huh. um, okay. The first one is, if you could do any other profession, what would it be? I of course need parameters. So <laughs> it's like based on the skill set I have now, or like if I could have gone back and studied something else. If and you could have gone back and studied something else. I think a clinical psychologist. Mm, I suppose you can. The skills you have now that you could definitely put to use there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second one, in your opinion, who was so perfectly cast in a role that if they redid that movie, TV show, play, musical, that role, it would never be as good as that one person? Um, I think my answer to this, I have two. Tell One me. is Joanna Gleason in Into the Woods. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone will ever do what she did in that role. I think 
there is like a light behind her eyes yeah. and a joke in her voice. Like there is just so much happening at once and I could watch it. If, if it played on loop for the rest of my life, I could keep watching fine. her stop and be fine. Because you I learn something think, new every time. You see something new every time. She's just, and, and I think Emily Blunt was lovely in the movie. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. um, I saw Amy Adams do it in the park in New York. She was very good, very fine, you know, a very fine performance. But like, no one will ever, no one will ever say the words, I pulled it from a maiden in a tower. Like the same way. Like it's just, <laughs> she's just, ugh. it's it's a piece of magic. Yeah. Um, the other one um, would be um, uh, Ruth Gordon in um, the movie Harold and Maude. Oh, I've not seen that. It is a weird, it's my favorite movie. It's a weird movie from the 60s or early 70s, early 70s. I think that's right. Um, I'm about... writing it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. I just watched The Wizard of Oz for the first time last weekend, so... I'm How on a journey. I, 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 I don't have words. I would just, it was, yeah, I'm, I only, there's only like before us and after us. And I, I, and I, and I only want to live in this after us life. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that movie, that movie is so, Margaret, Margaret Hamilton is the witch is just, just. Ju yeah, it just, um, it, I had so many thoughts. Um, and I, and I spent half of the movie with my mouth like, oh my God, they are the farmhands. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> the neighbor is the green witch. And I just, I, yeah, it just, um, the yeah. wizard is a scam. I just, I had so many, <laughs> there was just, it was like, it was a lot of emotions and it was the perfect Saturday. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, I, I don't think, I don't know if Harold and Maude will have the same experience for you, but, um. It is the story of a um, older woman, she's just about 80, um, who meets a 16 year old, 16, 17 year old um, young man um, and they meet at a funeral mm -hmm. um, because they both go to funerals for fun, but for different reasons. Okay. And, um, and it is, a very strange movie. It's visually strange. Mm -hmm. The performances are sort of like big in a way. And uh, the comedy is very broad. And then it hits you hard. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. I love it so much. I'm gonna, so, I'm, yeah. it's, it's on my Gordon. list. <laughs> yeah, I would also say Ruth Gordon and Rosemary's Baby, but that's another. <laughs> I just love her so much. She's such like an odd, um, mm -hmm presents and films anyway perfect okay the last question if you could play any role male or female what would it be uh, <laughs> you know it's funny because i've actually just recently sort of walked away from that sort of like if only i could play you know what i mean yeah. a lot of it is a younger person's game um a lot of mine are are gone um but if we're like opening it up to anything. Yeah, anything. Um, I think uh, if I'm playing the like playing um, uh, a role typically played by a female identifying actor, I would say uh, Cora, the mayoress from uh, Anyone Can Whistle. Cora Hooper, she, she yeah. has my favorite name in all of musical theater. I yeah. love her. I am really, like, I want the excuse to sing the cookie ballet. Um, because <laughs> I just love it. I think it's so funny and weird. Um, that would be one. Again, I want, I want two. And um, I think I would love love the chance to play either Paul Lind or Charles Nelson Riley. Those are both like, you know, super gay actors mm -hmm. from the 70s. And mm -hmm. um, I would love to explore what it was like to be so out, but still in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe you but maybe write something. I should write. Yeah, oh yeah, but... there we go. <laughs> and I, I would like at some point to act in my own stuff again. Mm. Yeah. Would have avoided, um, but I, I would like the chance um, to speak my own words again on the stage. Yeah. Um, I think who better to speak your words than you? I mean, you'd think, you'd think, but if Michael Yuri's available, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's going to sell a bunch more tickets than me. Perfect. Stephen, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat to me. Um, please tell all the listeners how they can keep up to date with everything that you're doing. Yeah. Um, you can, oh, so you can. Um, follow me on Twitter at Stephen Strafford. Um, Stephen is spelled with a V and Strafford is doctor of farts backwards. That's how you know you're spelling it right. So you can see Mephtacular for free on the internet at www.mephtacular.com slash show slash. Got it. Thanks. Um, uh, I have a website, which is just my name.com, stevenstrafford.com, but I'm terrible at keeping up at it. And um, I think that's it. Oh, um, do people have new play exchange? Like, do your listeners have new play exchange? Is that a thing? I mean, I do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, just in case. Um, they, can find me, they can find me on new play exchange as well. My plays are on new play exchange. Perfect. I um I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I um I'm very excited to read more of your plays. I've read two of them and I love them. I think I messaged you and I was like, I have to play this character. Yeah. <laughs> I love um I, I love the way you write and the way your brain works. And I'm just so grateful that you took the time to chat to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. This was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this episode of I Hope I Get It. I hope that these conversations will continue to entertain and inspire you all. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can keep up to date with the podcast on Instagram at I Hope I Get It Pod. You can also find us on Facebook if you just type in I Hope I Get It. Thank you.